0: no yeah.
1: Welcome to Bleach's BBC, the quarantine edition, where Bleach interviews influential people across the city and how they are affected by the Corona Quarantine of 2020. For rights reasons, the music will be shorter in the podcast, and today I have a fabulous guest sitting in front of me right here, right now. So to me this evening we have the absolutely stunning, legendary designer that I'm sure you've seen across various clubs across Berlin and I know across the world. The femme colourful latex that has crossed the oceans, as it were. (laughs) Making people feel glorious, fabulous and like space sexy cartoons. It's none other than Lupe. How are you doing Lupe?
0: Hi, Bleach, darling. I'm absolutely fabulous.
1: (laughs) I'm good to hear. I'm so happy to have you here. Our our friendship has blossomed recently during quarantine. I'm so happy to sit down and talk to you about your life. So, you were born in Charlottenburg in the late (laughs) 80s, right before the Berlin Wall came down, to a military family. Yes. Do you remember anything of Berlin in the 80s? (laughs) Uh,
0: Not much. I was six months old when the wall came down. I was there, part of history, as you could say. Uh, I don't remember anything of Berlin, but we did move around a lot.
1: How was this moving around for you?
0: I mean, it's the only life I know. Of course. I remember the most influential place, I think, being younger, was in the middle of the desert in California. Which was very fun. Waking up to scorpions everywhere. G- gorgeous. Snakes, cockroaches, uh, f- black n- widow spiders. Well,
1: you, the list goes on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there with your brother and sister, and you are the oldest sister. How does that frame you?
0: Uh, I had the harshest time with my parents because they were getting to learn how to raise a child. Watching my brother and sister get a very easy ride was very annoying for me. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm here living my best life. Yes,
1: good. And I'm so happy for it. I uh, can't wait to delve into it. But we're going to... You, uh, you concentrated your early life, possibly, in boarding school at 11 years old, just outside London. How was boarding school for you?
0: Again, it's the only life I know. So at the time, I thought it was fine and normal. And now in retrospect... I think it was completely abnormal and insane, (laughs) but uh, we do what we do and we survive how we need to.
1: How was it being separated from your family and your sister and brother?
0: Absolutely fine. (laughs) 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 I think that was best for us. (laughs) Now we get on very well. Good. But as a child, I was uh, maybe what you would say, the black sheep of the family. Mm. Maybe still so. Possibly. But now they love it.
1: Yeah. Back I mean, then,
0: they were not so much into it.
1: I understand. It's a, it's a tricky thing growing up and being different. So, have you always felt different? Have you always felt outside the realm of reality?
0: Um, maybe that would be a bit of... Oh, my God, what's the word? I can't remember the word I mean. It's...
1: Anyway. Well... You are a queer human being. You're sitting in front of me with gorgeous yellow mullet with a <laughs> shaved top with a, some fading blue polka dots. The Chelsea a, Skinhead. Chelsea Skinhead, formerly known as the Chelsea Skinhead, famously made on This Is England by the character Lewis him image, <laughs> uh, with a gorgeous bright pink, what's that called there? Cardigan. I mean, <laughs> gorgeous flowery dress. Have you always been this colourful and bright?
0: Pretty much. I did go through my gothy stage when I was younger, as everyone does. I would say, uh, actually, what I was speaking to someone today about, one of the first concerts people went to. Mm. My first concert, when I was 15 years old, was him. Oh, wow. With Villa Vallo, who was, like, my icon. Wow. And one of the... (laughs) You yeah, when you're younger and you're queer and you realise you're a bit different from people, especially being in an all-girls boarding school and mm. you fancy all the girls around you. <laughs> but it's not like the old days when everyone fucked each other. This was being called gay in a girls' school or an all-boys' school was like mm. the worst thing that could happen. Mm. I got called out for being a lesbian, not because I fancied the girls around me, because my room was covered in posters of Bill of And they thought, because he had long hair and looked femme and wore eyeliner, <laughs> that I must be a lesbian because of that. Not because I was staring at them in the changing rooms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, young people can be so cruel and confused.
0: Jokes on them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a man. <laughs> well, after boarding school, you, uh, you moved on to have a gap year, I hear, in Manchester. I
0: did have a gap year.
1: You had a gap year. No, I had a gap year. a gap year.
0: I had um, big plans, you know, go to Australia, travel through Thailand, and uh, what I ended up doing is moving to Manchester and working at Affleck's Palace in a vintage shop. Fabulous. And um, discovering, well, all the adult things of life. Well. Which my parents would not like to hear about.
1: Well, we don't have to delve into that right here. Right also, now. discovering
0: my queer and drag family. Fabulous. Which are still my friends to this day.
1: Gorgeous. And I know one of them, Grace Sonny Smith, the legend of Manchester, Stunning. who we will be interacting with soon, back in Manchester due to the quarantine. But I guess that brings us neatly onto your first song this afternoon. What is your first song, Lupe?
0: About my childhood.
1: Yeah, what, 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 what represents your childhood in music form?
0: I would say it would be The Hives, Walk, Idiot, Walk.
1: A gorgeous choice. Because
0: I was obsessed with The Hives as a child, and also I was a fucking idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's The Hives, Walk, Idiot, Walk, from the famous album The Hives from 2003. That was the Hives Walk Idiot Walk from the famous album Tyrannosaurus Hives from 2004. Lupe's first choice in the quarantine queue. So there you are in Manchester, meeting the locals, partying in the scene. What clubs did you go to?
0: In Manchester. Yeah. Oh, my God. What was it? There was nights at Poptastic. There was... I can't even remember the names anymore. They're all closed now. Yeah. They were fucking stunning. Trannocky was the big one. Trannocky and Zombie Pride every Halloween. God. Stunning. And, yeah, that really made me.
1: That made you... That introduced
0: you to the party scene? Did you feel comfortable and at home, though? I never felt more myself. It was the first time of my life when I was like, oh my god, this is me.
1: Absolutely fabulous.
0: When I was dressed at Zombie Pride one year as a zombie Virgin Mary, and I did a little walk, and I had my tits out, and I was like, (laughs) yes, I'm done. (laughs) I'm here. And 12 years later, I'm still doing it. Yes,
1: and we love it every single time (laughs) we get to see it. So after this time, the gap year in Manchester, you were spent some time studying how did this come about?
0: Um, Well my parents really wanted me to go to uni Mm. and I was smart so I did and And I went to Liverpool uni they wanted me to go to Oxford or Cambridge and I decided no I want a fucking party uni because I'm a little cunt (laughs) and uh, so I chose Liverpool And I chose the A-level I hated the least, which was ancient history, Roman history. Gorgeous. The classics. The classics. Mm. And um, when I got there, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to party the whole time. And then I started studying and I realised I fucking love studying. And so I did that for three years and I was really good at it.
1: I mean, you even carried on to do your master's in Reading.
0: I did, then I went to Reading Uni Mm. because I got funded there and I could live with my grandparents. Fabulous. Which was really cute living with them for a year. Nice. And um, during that time, I realised I hated studying and I wanted to do my all-time dream of making latex.
1: Oh, which we know you succeeded (laughs) in the gorgeous brand Lupe coming up soon, I know in this story. But how was your time at uni? Could you connect with the study? Was you just sitting there with your books? Or how was it? How, how has it formed you as a person, the classics?
0: Um, I mean, it gave me the name of my brand, Lupi, mm. which is the Latin name for she-wolves. You're gorgeous. Um, it gave me a really good sense of work ethic, of research, of excitement about research. But apart from that, my time at uni was pretty study-focused, mm. especially in Liverpool at the time. There wasn't, like, a massive queer scene or mm. anything, and I kind of died that down in myself just to do, spend time at the library. But as soon as I finished studying, I was back on it.
1: Well, gorgeous. I know we ended up in London after your studying yes. period. Whereabouts in London were you?
0: Well, I moved straight to Tottenham on Fountain Road, one of the warehouse areas. And again, that was a massive formative time for me in terms of socialising, drug taking, partying and then lying myself into the fashion world.
1: Wow. I mean, you're cemented into the fashion world now. How did your beginnings in the fashion world start?
0: Well, being a, what, 20, young 20 something person thinking, I want to start a latex brand without really knowing much about fashion or starting a brand or really making latex apart from making myself some like shitty tops covered in diamantes. God. I uh, made a fake CV mm. saying that I was a fashion designer. I lied about some of my affiliations perhaps <laughs> <laughs> saying that I was a costume designer for uh, Tranegy. <laughs> Anyway, lied by way to a company which was really young as an assistant to the boss. Actually, was really good at it. Whenever anyone asked me a question, I would say I needed the toilet, go to the bathroom, Google the answer, and come back out and act like a fucking superstar. Well, sound
1: advice there from Lupe. I'm sure many people will find knowledge in that.
0: I can highly recommend it. I started <laughs> off as a part-time assistant, and five years later, I was head of design of a 60-person company.
1: Gorgeous. Lies,
0: lies, lies.
1: It get you to the top. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. You even launched a few brands and worked with a few shops, no?
0: I did. I launched like many brands and launched my own brand for the company and opened two shops in Brickland and Portobello Road, which is still going, still stocks and Harvards.
1: Well, gorgeous. How did the brand look? What was its style?
0: <sighs> I mean... <laughs> I'm proud of the work I did. <laughs> the style was um, uh, reconstructed vintage, customised vintage. It was cute. I'm not so embarrassed. But um, it wasn't my personal taste. No. But you've got to do what the client wants. Yeah.
1: And so you were in London for five years and learning a little bit of the fashion industry through this company. And obviously Lupe, the latex brand, was in the behind the scenes? Why did we not see it come
0: forth? (laughs) Drugs. (laughs) I moved there to start it, and then I um, discovered the party scene, more of the queer scene, more of the BDSM scene, and that really took over my life for a long time. No regrets. No. And then after maybe the fourth year, I was like, shit, didn't I move to London to do something for myself instead of work for other people all the time and make them money? And then, in the fifth year, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm moving to Berlin and I'm starting a latex brand. Fabulous.
1: And then we see the real birth, the launch of Lupe, the latex brand.
0: Yes, three years ago. Almost three years.
1: 2017, and it's been going on robes and strobes and all sorts of things (laughs) since then. But you did touch on there the sex scene, the BDS scene. How was uh, BDS. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what What was this experience? What was this? What was this for you?
0: Um, this was always a uh, part of me, which I didn't maybe fully comprehend until I moved to London and started being involved with people with that. but um this is something that is ultimately part of me and discovering and understanding and accepting that's, that side of myself made me so confident in who I am as a person, far beyond the sex side. Just me understanding who I am and being like, I'm fucking Michelle and I'm going to kill it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that changed my life.
1: Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So after this time in London, you did make the journey to Berlin, and here yes. we are in Berlin, three <laughs> years after Lupe's been launched. How's this journey been? from small-time brand working off Instagram, trying to get your feet on the ground to now, a website running stocked in several shops across Amsterdam and sending shippings all around the world. How's that journey been?
0: It's been a fab. It is um, not as smooth sailing and easy as maybe some people think it is. But I've been very lucky that people really like my stuff and it resonates with a lot of people. And um,
1: I mean, it's gorgeous. It makes you feel sexy. It makes you feel fabulous. You feel like a sex goddess walking through the street. And most of all, you're not sweating your tits off. So I love it, personally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like making people feel sexy. And not in a pervy way, but just, I meet so many people, especially when you're in the queer scene, who have body issues or self-esteem issues. And latex as a material is something that can completely transform your sense of self and your um, body identity. It is a completely, uh, a huge sensory experience from putting it on you're like squeezing and pulling this thing over your body, and it's cold and it's hard to put on, and you get such a sense of like your physicality. And then you have it on, and then you go through whether you're partying or just hanging out or playing, you get hot, you get cold. Any, the environment that's around you, the temperature that's around you, whether it's hot or cold, the latex makes you feel it more. Mm. So if it's cold outside of you, the latex makes you colder. If it's hot outside of you, the latex makes you hotter. And especially in a party scene when you're in a club, you can go from dancing on the dance floor and you're getting hot, you're getting sweaty. And then what I like to do with latex is have a lot of loose pieces. Mm. So especially with like the circle skirt, like a really simple thing. It's only tight around your waist and then it goes loose around around your ass and your thighs your waist is hot and it's sweaty and then you dance and the skirt moves and all this cold air rushes Mm. up your legs and up your genitals and it is fucking hot.
1: Well I mean if you haven't worn latex before I'm sure you'll want to wear it now. (laughs) (laughs) How has your brand shaped and been in comparison to maybe the latex that you saw in the BDSM scene? Is it a comment of a gap in the market that you don't see?
0: Uh, I wouldn't be so arrogant to say i filled a gap in the market because there have been stunning latex brands before me and still now that do a more party-centric thing. But there is a very big divide. The majority of latex is fetish-focused, and that is about constriction. It is about a fetish look. It is about um, domination, submission. What I like to do is... Uh, I'd say yes number one it's more fashion focused um, you can wear it to the club you can wear it to a bar you can wear it to a house party and people are not going to think that you're like some BDSM slave mm. or a dom mm. but also I really enjoy the idea of how it can transform bodies and which is why one of my main focuses with what I create is towards trans and non-binary bodies because it can feminise you it can masculinize you masculinize is yeah, that a word it's a word for today I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it can shape your body in a way which you want it to and that gives people an insane sense of power when they look at themselves in the mirror and they think number one i look fucking se- fucking sexy and latex and number two i look how i want to look and i look how i want people to see me
1: and I mean, you've been doing it for the last three years and you've clothed many of the fabulous drag queens, drag performers and just performers all around the city. You were seeing a gorgeous time and you were going to see a new collection come out very soon. And then here comes Corona. Yes. And shuts down the whole clubs. Fashion, everything's put to a hold. How's Corona hitting you?
0: Um, when it first happened... I had like this brief period of sadness thinking, oh my God, everything's ruined. I'm never going to be the same again. My brand is fucked. And then I was like, don't be a selfish bitch. Everyone's going for the same thing. Don't take it personally. And then in Berlin, we've been very lucky because the government has given us grants, which I received. So that is fab. And, you know, I just keep doing it. And I've used the time to make my studio even more colourful, make some sickening, maybe disgusting things in some <laughs> people's minds. <laughs> and I'm continuing to make my latex. I've been very lucky. I have a very loyal and enthusiastic customer base. So I've not lost all my orders. And people still order things because... My stuff you is make not just for gorgeous the club.
1: clothes. You make absolutely <laughs> gorgeous clothes. Well, that leads us on nicely to the next song. What song are you connecting with now in quarantine?
0: So, for my quarantine song, I've chosen Christine Fix My Dick.
1: Absolutely
0: fantastic. <laughs> Sick. I'm gonna It's good.
1: that was Christine Fix My Dick from the Texan artist Christine from the 2009
0: 2009. Yeah, I've
1: just researched a 2009 video release. It was okay. an LGBT short movie. A fabulous choice there, representing time in quarantine. And of course, Christine, along with many other queer artists, are making amazing work. What is your... How do you feel about the scene at the moment?
0: I think it's gorgeous. Yes. I think it's fabulous that there's so much more representation, especially when it comes to, like, drag kings and performing masculinity that has become, I wouldn't say much more mainstream, but much more, like, in the scene. And I think it's only getting better and better.
1: I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, and obviously you've... Dressed many gorgeous people within this scene. Who is the famous, or your favorite person that you've dressed?
0: I made, mean, apart from Bleach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, darling.
0: Um, what's my favorite thing I've made? I'd say there's two standout pieces. One was an alien pussy outfit for Fifi Phantom, mm. a burlesque artist here in Berlin. Gorgeous artist. And another one was my queer sissy faggot body for Bo Azra. Mm.
1: Bo Azra, obviously the partner of Grace on the gorgeous couple that we miss dearly, moved back, back to Manchester.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately. So in Berlin, what do you feel? How do you feel your latex is landing here? Is this the home for Lupe? Has this been the breeding ground for it?
0: I kind of always knew that Berlin was going to be the place where it would start because Berlin, first of all, is so much freer in um, being nude, being free in your... um, clothing expression there's so many more clubs here when you can go out naked you can go out on latex and no one cares Mm. like i've lived in places where if you go out on a full fully decked out in latex or drag people will be like oh what's this in berlin people literally do not give a shit (laughs) they're like oh that's cool (laughs) at best (laughs) you can do what you want and they don't care and I think that's wonderful you can walk down the street I mean I live in Charlottenburg which is not the coolest area of Berlin I've come home so many times in full latex on a train full of people going to work and they don't they don't even give you a second glance they're like oh She's had a fun time. You.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is the city that has harboured so many relationships all the way through history, and we're very lucky to be here right now. Yes. Unfortunately, we see the crisis hitting Berlin very hard with clubs closing and shops struggling. How, is, how has it been for you? Has it bounced back okay?
0: I mean, all the shops that I stock in closed, obviously, And um, there was a period of a month when it started where sales were zero. Mm. And I had a lot of performer outfits canceled because obviously they don't have any work. So no disrespect to them, obviously they're gonna cancel them. But um, there is, I think we're very lucky in Berlin because it's not affected Germany so hard and our healthcare system has been fab and controlled it to a level. And there is, especially now, like a massive sense of hope for the future. And while things like Hull Festival are cancelled, which is um, very sad, but obviously good for public health, there is a big sense of hope in the artistic community. And especially in the drag scene, as soon as the clubs got cancelled, within like two days, there was online drag shows. Mm. And there's been like online DJ sets and Berlin will not, quit the party <laughs> there could be a global pandemic and Berlin will not quit the party they will just make do with what they can and while yes it has been like a massive effect on my business I'm one of the lucky ones where I'm still paying my rent and getting by and um, there is a sense of hope and there's a sense of like uh, passion for the future and so I'm not scared oh, I'm not scared
1: mm. in,
0: well, terms of, in terms of creativity and uh, what people will continue doing once this is over. I'm not scared for that. Well, you
1: are a positive person, a creative person. You've been working hard in this period. I've seen clothes <laughs> flying out the door, shipped across pl- all over the world. But along with that, you've been doing up your studio. What have you been doing in your studio in quarantine?
0: Oh, my God. I've been painting. Yeah. I've been making... Plant pots. (laughs) (laughs) I've been putting up posters, which I've not done in a long time. And yeah, my aim for the end of quarantine is to have no white walls. No white anything.
1: Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Well, I mean, you're doing very well and you're handling it gorgeously. What do you feel On a global scale, how the world is handling this, do you see a hopeful future in front of us? What do you think of the current system and how it engages with queer performers, queer people, and the queer scene?
0: I mean, on a global scale, it's very difficult to talk about globally, but I'd say in Berlin we live in a very nice bubble. Mm and it's not perfect by a long shot, but compared to a lot of other places, whether that's in Germany or if you compare, like, London to the rest of England, we're very lucky because we live in a bubble and Mm. we mainly hang out with each other and party with each other, and even that doesn't keep us safe. I think globally, like... Don't want to be pessimistic, but we're real fucked up. Mm. We're really fucked up. And I think... um, I think what's good, like since the 50s and beyond, there has been, from the queer generations, a massive fight. And we've got to this point in the noughties where people can exist. And um, they do in our bubbles. And I think it's gonna end up as another big fight before it gets better. But, um, well, in the
1: studio, we've been vacated to by some fabulous guests, but I guess that would just lead us on nicely to a song that you see for the future after quarantine, Lupe. What is your third song on the quarantine queue?
0: I would say it's a little hedonistic, a little nihilistic, but it has to be Miss Kidden and Anna Forever Ravers.
1: Well, we'll
0: hear it right now. Yeah. Just No. It's And it's like this big. <laughs> so good for yeah, I studied
1: the classics, but... <laughs> that was forever ravers by anna and kitten the song from 2019 of the album Specia 112 that was your last song on the quarantine queue here at bleachers bbc and i'm wondering how do you feel for the future after all of this is blown over what do you see from in front of us in berlin
0: i uh have complete faith in the fickleness of humanity, that we will eventually go back to normal. And um, in the future, future, I hope that um, the asteroid comes and then the animals will take over the world, or aliens. Well, it
1: sounds like a gorgeous time.
0: <laughs> and if we see this lockdown
1: harden, strongen and you're forced to your bedroom, you have the option of taking one song and downloading it and keeping it forever. What song will it be?
0: Oh, my God. What song? It would definitely be a Christine song. Fabulous. Because they're, like, my favourite artists of all time. Maybe not Fix My Dick. Maybe, like, African Mayonnaise. Fabulous. That's a banger.
1: And then I give you the full works of Shakespeare and the Bible and you get to choose a book of your own. What is your choice of book in quarantine?
0: I mean, I'd love to say something like a really hardcore like Scum Manifesto, but it's like 20 pages long. So it's not going to be very good for quarantine. (laughs) So I'd have to say The Passage by Justin Conran, Conin, something like that.
1: I'm sure we can Google it.
0: Because it's like over a thousand pages long and it's about how um, the government basically created these super soldiers but by accident they turned into like super vampires and they um, take over the world and kill everybody. Well,
1: a fabulous read suggestion for us there. And finally, I gift you one luxury in your lockdown. What would your luxury be, Lupe?
0: An in-house nail salon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't know yet, Lupe always has stunning nails. I'm sure you'll see them soon in the club, decked out in fabulous latex made in this quarantine period. And uh, that brings us to the end of Bleach's BBC Quarantine queue with Lupe. And I want to thank you very much. It's been thank a fabulous you. So as we draw to the end of this time with Lupe I'd like to say thank you once again. This has been Bleach's BBC and you can continue listening to our podcasts from performers such as Camp Dad and former live performances from Rupa Lupesto Brigetta Oitai and Sabina J. Please don't forget to go on the Lupe website www. Lupe.com Lupe.Berlin LupeBerlin.com Lupe Berli- Lupe <laughs> to get all your orders ready for when those clubs open. Until next time, I hope you have a very good time. This has been Bleach's
0: BBC.